0: please come and testify. Tell us what the Lord has done for you.
1: Amen. Thank you, Pastor. You're welcome. Good evening. (laughs) So I had some blood work done at the beginning of this year, and uh, my cholesterol, triglycerides in particular, was 315. So if anybody knows anything about cholesterol, the normal triglyceride, is supposed to be 150 and lower. So the doctor's like, we're going to put you on a couple medications. You need to stop eating sugar and carbs. I'm like, okay, cool. I never went and got the prescription filled. I really just kind of out of sight, out of mind. Um, I didn't really think too much of it. So we have a company that comes out to our job and draws blood and does kind of a little wellness assessment. So I had one done on the 3rd. And my numbers came back, and my triglycerides were at 182. And here's the thing. I haven't changed anything. I quit drinking soda, but I haven't done anything else. Like, I haven't exercised or anything. So I immediately called pastor. I was like, pastor, I think I just experienced a miracle. <laughs> he was like, well, I, would, I think you received your healing, so amen. I was, was like, awful. well, praise God. So we'll take it too, I will take it.
0: Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. God's, God's, uh, uh, God's uh, get promised us uh, health, wholeness. Amen. And uh, we're going to walk in it. Health, healing, and wholeness. Praise God. Last time Ted went and got his blood work done, uh, the analyst said, hey, where's the biscuits? You brought the gravy, but where's the biscuits? But anyhow, praise the Lord. That's right. Praise the Lord. You know, I bet Ted will come to I'm, I'm, I just got a sense in my spirit that will be a prayer tomorrow. Because I told him we've been having breakfast every day and he's like, you, you, you what? Breakfast every day after prayer. All right, man. Boy, I really feel the Lord. I, I, it's been on my heart to go. has been on my heart to go. <laughs> it's been on my heart. Where'd y'all been going? Where y'all been going? Man, we've been everywhere, Ted. We went to Cattleman's. We went to Mexican uh, breakfast to be, praise the lord praise the lord well <laughs> i really feel the burden to pray <laughs> you know i'm messing with you too praise the lord but anyhow ted he's a blessing uh <laughs> especially because he puts up with my foolishness praise the lord well how many of y'all the Lord has been uh, talking to you and he's been helping you? Amen. I know I've, I've the Lord has been helping me big time. Uh, of course, we have been in prayer this week and God has shown up uh, as we've been praying and seeking his face and it, is, it really has been an incredible time uh, in prayer. And I know Miss Rhonda and um, Carolyn uh, and uh, Gabby and different ones that usually pray now, it's usually Miss Rhonda, Carolyn, and Gabby are sometimes the only ones that are on there praying. In fact, that's probably a majority of the time, isn't it? Um, and I know it's a little bit early to be uh, uh, getting up and uh, immediately engaging with uh, church folks. And I know some of you nervous because it's uh, what you guys meet now on a Facebook group. Or, so. Um, and I know that some of you nervous because you're like, man, I can't be seen at that hour in the morning well neither can they because they turn off their cameras and I know that because every time I joined up first time I joined in I'm like hey y'all and it just said you know CW and <laughs> RP and <laughs> GF I was like where are y'all at I said uh I can't see y'all they're like and you ain't gonna either amen <laughs> They said, we, we show up with our faces right now. You will start praying. So, uh, but they get the job done, boy. They get to praying. And uh, so it's a six, is it 6 a.m. now? S- still 6.15. So I-, I thought maybe y'all had changed it, but it's still 6.15, 6.15 till uh, 7.15. Is that right? Till 7. Uh, so 6.15 till 7. Uh, I encourage every one of you to participate in that time of prayer, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Uh, so every Monday, Tuesday, and wednesday uh, six fifteen to seven a m of course this week we've been getting together seven to eight uh here together and um, it's been awesome how the Lord has been uh, leading us in our prayer uh and it's been kind of funny um, you just never know how he'll how he'll lead us, but uh, definitely I felt like the Lord uh, wanted me to have this week of prayer uh not 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 only uh because um, I felt like that uh, there are people that need to learn how to pray. You know, most people, you ask them to pray and they can probably pray for a couple of minutes and then, you know, they're done. I've, in fact, I've gone to churches and said, come on y'all, join me in prayer. And people will come forward, they'll pray for about, you know, two or three minutes and, and uh, you know, then they're up and they're on their way back to their seats. Most people don't know how to carry on a conversation with God. and um, And so, a part of the reason why I felt like the Lord wanted me uh, to do this is uh, to give you all an opportunity. Of course, you know you're not—you don't have to come. You're not required to come, and uh, I know that some of you would love to come, but you can't come uh, because you—you know—you've already started working or whatever, and um, you can't uh, take the time off from your uh, from your job to do it. But um, but that's why. Uh, We have a prayer regularly, and it's, you know, the time of prayer for our church is 6.15 to uh, to 7 o'clock, and that happens every week without fail. And uh, so, so again, not only did I do that because I felt like that, um, you know, children learn how to talk by listening to their uh, people around them talk. And uh, I found that God's people learn how to pray when they hear others pray. Uh, some people say, well, I know how to pray. but well, Some of y'all don't know how to pray right. And so when you, when you start hearing people pray uh, the word of God and pray in a way uh, that, that, um, that uh, uh, the Lord answers, um, then uh, it, it, it changes your life. Uh, the other reason is because I feel like God is calling us to a, a higher place of fellowship, to a higher place of communion with him, and uh, those most of you probably have heard the call of the Lord, uh, and you felt the wooing of the Spirit and the drawing of God's Spirit uh, for you to come in closer, uh, in, in prayer. Uh, it's, it's important that you respond in obedience uh, to the Lord when He's drawn on you like that. The reason why is because if you don't, uh, the, the more you resist the Spirit, the more calloused you become in your heart toward the things of the spirit and you and, and it makes the things increasingly difficult for you to be able to then take those steps that at one time may have been easier for you to take, but because your heart was calloused because of your uh, unwillingness or your disobedience then um, then uh, it became hard some people that some people think that the reason why it becomes hard is because the Lord pulls away from people, and that's not why it is. It's because you become calloused in your heart. It's like when you, you know, when you first learn how to play the guitar, man, it tears up your fingertips big time. You, you, you can't even play for more than you know, 10 or 15 minutes at a time, and then you feel like you know you're, uh, you're old and ancient, and your fingers are all sore, and and then you can't play, you know, the next day for your fingers being so sore. But once you do it. You know, day after day, and you keep doing it, you develop calluses uh, on your fingers, and then you don't feel it at all. You play for a long time, you don't feel it at all. Uh, same thing with the things of the spirit. You keep on, you keep on playing with that, and not being obedient. Uh, you keep doing that, and it 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 will it will cause your heart to become hardened toward the Lord, and um, and then. Uh, because of that, you'll be like, well, I wonder why the Lord hadn't talked to me. No, he's talking. It's just that you, uh, because you tuned, tuned out, uh, you're not hearing and you need to start tuning back in. So anyway, um, that's my infomercial about prayer. Praise God. Uh, we will be here tomorrow morning, 7 a.m. for prayer. We're here, like I said, 7 to 8. And, um, and then also on Friday. So, and then on Saturday, of course, is our outreach. So let's. Uh, we're going to be Friday night is outreach, Saturday afternoon is outreach, so we've been praying for those things, so let's continue to trust the Lord and believe God uh, for great things. Amen. All right, let's open up our Bibles. Uh, we have been talking about uh, the uh, Holy Spirit, this, the ministry and the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And so <laughs> Gaby says, where are you, Dad? A week 137, uh, you know, <laughs> part what? what part 1,975,000. I am like. Well, we could go that long talking about the Holy Ghost, but uh, we have been kind of caught in that. Uh, we've been caught in that place of really um, uh, trying to uh, trying to help you to get a revelation. You know, I've I've told people that the first step to getting revelation is information. In fact, write it down. It'll help you. The first step to getting revelation is information. Information is powerful. Uh, uh, the, qua- the, the better the information you have, uh, the, uh, uh, the, the, more, the, the, the better quality information you have, uh, the, 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 uh, be- the uh, more positively uh, it affects you. And so uh, don't just get any information. Get good information. Um, information nowadays is uh, cheap, um, sometimes free. So uh, we need to avail ourselves. And I'm not saying go and just start gathering information from anyone, uh, anywhere, anytime. Uh, Be careful that the, the information that you're getting is quality information. Or if you're you're, you're looking for information on a subject that, at the very least, if you're gonna if you're going to tune your ear to listen to someone that you're not acquainted with, or someone uh, that you're not certain really uh, has good information uh, in the particular subject you're trying to uh, cover, then uh, uh, if you're gonna if you're going to do that, if you're going to listen to somebody you're not certain about, then at the very least. Only do that on subjects that you're clear that you have some understanding on, so that you don't end up getting uh, in a bad place and getting in the ditch, and then have to unlearn a bunch of crap. So or a bunch of stuff. I shouldn't say crap. People, you know, people. Someone said I might as well be saying a curse word. I was like, no, not really. But anyway, um, so it starts with information. Information. Uh, glory to God. We ask. We need to ask the Spirit, and this is, and this is kind of where we've been stuck. Is that uh, the Spirit, the Holy Spirit's ministry and the gifts of the Spirit, uh, one of the ministries of the Spirit is to illuminate, to illuminate uh, the Word of God. And so uh, we we get, first step is information. The second step is illumination. Illumination. And illumination can only come by the Holy Spirit. Now, sometimes you'll get illumination uh, from the Spirit as someone is speaking. Sometimes as someone is praying. I know that some of you this uh, week in prayer, uh, I've been praying, and some of you by the Spirit uh, have been illuminated uh, as I've been praying. Um, I know that there's been some illumination for me. Um, I was as as we were praying uh, here today. One of the things that uh, one of the things that happens to me. Uh, when I'm praying, is that the Holy Spirit has me to, uh, to look into the Word and to pray the Word of God. Well, while I was praying, uh, I was praying for our nation. I was praying for the, uh, uh, those that are in authority in our nation. And, um, and I was reminded of by the Spirit. So, so what's, what's the first thing? Information. Information. What's the second thing? illumination by the Spirit, illumination by the Spirit. So as, uh, the, as the Holy Spirit began to talk to me, he illuminated a verse of Scripture. He illuminated a verse. Glory to God. <laughs> Glory to God. Now, <laughs> that, that's, this past Sunday, we were talking about, uh, I think it was this past Sunday, yeah, this past Sunday, we were talking about the uh, perfect will of God versus the permissive will of God. Is that right? We were talking about walking in God's perfect will uh, and uh, refraining from being, uh, being satisfied with walking in his permissive will. So uh, y'all know what that means, right? the permissive will of God versus uh, the perfect will of God. I'll give you an example. We we, we use Saul as an example. Saul, uh, the king of Israel, uh, was not God's choice. It was not God's plan for Saul to be the king of Israel. But Israel wanted a king. Uh, they wanted a king because other people had kings. They wanted a king because they perceived that it would make them look stronger if they had a king. Uh, militarily, they believed it would make them, uh, it, would, it, would, it would cause their enemies to Tremble if they had a, a human king. Up to that point, uh, when uh, the children of Israel were crying out to God for a king, uh, Jesus, uh, or I say Jesus, we, we know Jesus has always been, but Jesus was their king. God was their king, and uh, so when they when they uh, began to petition God for a king, He told them straightway, "That's not my idea. That's not my plan. Um, uh, you're you're you've uh, rejected me as your king." And then, um, of course, uh, he uh, he he gave them Saul, and because uh, uh, Saul wasn't God's plan, God God allowed Israel gave gave uh, into Israel's request and Israel's desire, and so then Israel uh, wasn't walking in the perfect will of God. They were God had permitted. Uh, something that wasn't his perfect plan now I know that's hard for some of us to uh, to uh, conceive that we could do something. And, uh, and God still be with us and it not be his perfect will. But you know what it happens with children and parents. It happens in the natural. Um, we don't, um, we don't disown or, um, uh, out of our inheritances in our wills, our children, when they do stuff that isn't our perfect will. Um, they get, they get over there in our permissive will. Most adult children probably walk in the permissive will of their parents instead of their perfect will because they've, you know, they've gotten out there on their own and they're doing their own thing now. But when it comes to God, we want to do God's perfect will because God, he has already authored our life. He has already written the definition of who we are. And when we walk in the perfect will of God, how many of you know that if you walk in God's perfect will, then you'll... Uh, uh, then wherever wherever God intended for you to go and whatever God intended for you to do and whoever God intended for you to be, that's what you will become. Okay. Many of us have never realized the uh, fulfillment of God's will and God's plan for our life because there have been times in our life where we've chosen the permissive will of God instead of the perfect will of God for our lives. And uh, I, will, I will tell you a, a couple of stories here. Um, there was a fellow um, i'm sure I'm, he, he'd probably listen to this but that'd, that'd be okay because uh, he'd probably listen to it better on this recording than if I said to him face to face but um there was a fella one time that he was uh, he traveled with me and and uh, uh, he was a part of uh, he was a part of the ministry uh team that that I traveled with and um he uh, he had gotten married he was newly wed, and he and his wife were um you know, just, just making a start, just getting just getting started in their in their uh, in their relationship together, and in their walk with the Lord together, and you know, endeavoring to do the ministry. Now, this this fellow, he had traveled with me before he had gotten married. In fact, I have found that anyone who is a single male who gets married uh, when they're traveling with me, they don't stay traveling with me for too long after that. Uh, it usually ends uh, fairly quickly. And, uh, and so, uh, I was always a little disappointed when someone began to, uh, um, anyway. So, uh, this fella got married and, uh, they were struggling financially. You know, it happens when you're, uh, when you're younger and when you're newlywed and, you know, things change. And so he's struggling financially and I had cut back on his pay because, um, the work that the work that he was doing wasn't uh, as much as what he had been doing in the past and he really he really did need to make more money and I couldn't keep him busy enough so uh, a lot of a lot of the time he he was traveling with me and so I decided that um, I would have him stay at home and work for me while he was at home and not have him travel with me anymore and he could spend you know uh, a portion of his time working for me and then get a part-time job to supplement his income and kind of, you know, pay off some debt and get ahead uh, for his family. And so when I went to talk to him about this, I told him uh, what my idea was and what, what I felt like the Lord had put in my heart. And he said, well, you know what? I don't want to do that kind of work. I don't like doing the kind of work that you're asking me to do. Um, I've, uh, the, the whole reason I want to be in ministry is to travel You know, and if you don't let me travel anymore, then I don't get to do the very thing that I, you know, enjoy the most about, about the ministry. I said, well, I said, see that that, therein lies the problem is that um, I had to cut back on your pay because you were neglecting to do these things that I want you to stay home and do. So I had to reduce your pay because if, if you're not going to do it, then I have to do it and I'm not going to pay you For me to do your job. If I'm going to do it, I'm going to get paid for doing it. I mean, it only makes sense that if I did it. I said, so, I said, "Um, I mean, it's unfortunate, but I said, that's the only way that you're going to, you know, this is the only way I think that'll work and that'll help you. And then he started saying something that I thought was extremely unusual. He said, he said this, he said, well, you know, if it wasn't for me, you wouldn't even have a ministry. I'm the one, uh, I'm the reason why this ministry has any success to begin with. I'm the one who's made this ministry. And I was like, now when I heard that come out of his mouth, I said to myself, I said, I don't even feel that way about myself. I don't even feel like I'm the one who built this ministry, who brought success to this ministry. In my mind, you know, it's been the working of God's spirit and uh his desire to uh, to bless amen that's the only reason any of this has happened and so um i was like i said for real i said you need to be careful he said well what's my family going to think what well, they as soon as i'm not traveling what are they going to think they're going to think something's wrong you know uh i told them that i'm you know uh, i'm second i'm the second person in charge in this ministry i was like Really? I said because that's never been the case. I said there's a there's a guy who bleeds a gravy and 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 dreams of biscuits, and he would be the one who is the next in the order of authority in this in this ministry. I said I'm really. I said, dude, I'm really. I'm. I'm I said I'm. I'm wanting to be careful. I said because um, I'm really concerned at where your thoughts are. And, and what you're thinking. And um, I, I knew that it was important, the appearance. Uh, he, had, he had made people believe that he was, he was doing something in the ministry uh, that obviously he wasn't doing, that he held a position that, I, I mean, in, in my mind, he, he never held that position. Now, some people become legends in their own mind. Oh yeah, Some of you have done that. I've, I've done it before. Um, thank you. But uh, I've done it before. But this fellow here, you know, uh, after he talked for a while, he got kind of ugly. And so I just said, hey, look, I think it's probably better if, if you just, uh, I'm not even going to have you. You know what? I think it's best if you just get down the road. I'm going to let you go. And, you know, um, you, know you, you, uh, you seem to, you seem to uh, believe that, uh, that any of the success that we've had, You've brought, and so uh, instead of bringing us success, maybe you'll be better at bringing yourself a success. And so um, I, I love you, but I'm pretty sure that this is a deal breaker here. I'm I'm very concerned about this, and I don't really think that I want you even working on this. So for now, I'm going to let you go, and um, I don't know how you're going to handle that. Well, he handled it by being angry, be by being angry with me for a long period of time, and then a couple years later. Uh, he came to me and I went to a visit, uh, visit with him and his family. I uh, didn't, didn't know that he would be there. Um, I wasn't avoiding him, but it didn't matter to me that he was there. I went to visit. Are you all interested in this at all? Uh, what are we talking about? The perfect and permissive will of God. Now you know what some some people are going to hear this, and, and some people that know the story and know who I'm talking about and, and uh, know what's involved and know who's involved, uh, they're going to right now they're 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 puckering up they're uh, they're tearing the chair, the the fabric off the chair they're sitting in uh, and thinking that I shouldn't be saying this. Well, here's the thing. Um, uh, you know some people know about it, some people don't some people know who i'm talking about, some people don't uh, most people probably don't um, if uh if it's you that i 'm talking about, uh maybe you need to get the mess if you're if you're puckering up that much, you probably still need to change so anyway um oh, yeah. uh, so uh a couple years later, I went to visit uh his family and he was there and uh, I was going to the store to pick something up. It was around Thanksgiving time. I went to the store to pick something up for um, for a dinner that we were uh, that we were sharing there with them. And uh, he went with me to the store. And he turned to me and he said this. He said, he began to cry and he said, I feel like I've missed God. I feel like I have ruined my destiny. I feel like that I have done something that will not allow me to finish my race, to finish my course. I repent. I'm sorry. I I feel like I ruined everything. Now, let me tell you something. If you get to a point in your life where you feel like a decision that you've made, and I'm not talking about you just feel this in your in your soul or in your emotions, but it's something that you that you know in your spirit that something has happened, and you're like, "Man, you know that I think this jeopardizes my destiny. You know you ought to listen to that you ought to listen to that, and you ought to do everything that you know how to do to realign yourself with the Lord. now see here's the thing you say, well. His, did, did he really misalign himself with the Lord uh, just because of, you know, yeah, you know, he, he didn't misalign himself necessarily with me uh, because I was, just trying to, I was just trying to get him, you know, in a direction that I thought would be beneficial to me. I thought it would be beneficial to him. I felt like the Lord had told me that's what I needed to do. But the misalignment didn't happen on the day that I let him go. The misalignment had been happening all along. He didn't know. He didn't know this, but he wasn't. Here, here's the thing. You know what? Don't the Bible says that we're not to. Do you want to know what the Bible has to say about that? Go to the Book of Romans, uh, chapter twelve. Ha, ha 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 ha. Ha Glory. Se le prehida. Enichitea Ho ho ho. It's not even Christmas time. Ho ho ho. All right. Um, Romans chapter 12. Look what it says. It says verse 3. For I say through the grace that is given unto me to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think. Now, now here's the thing. That doesn't mean you're not supposed to have confidence. You know what? If God said, like, uh, what did God say to Joseph? Well, through dreams, God was telling Joseph that he was going to rule, that he's going to have authority. Uh, That's what God said. You know, when God spoke to me in the beginning of my life, in the beginning of my ministry, when the Spirit of God spoke to me, when I got got information and then uh, the Holy Spirit illuminated that information and began to illuminate to me, what that information meant. I God began to show me that I was going to be a minister of the gospel, that I was going to preach the gospel, that I was going to heal the sick, cast out devils, raise the dead. Um, in fact, here's here's what the Lord told me. He said, "Before before your race is over, you will walk in you will have walked and had every gift of the spirit manifested through your life, not all at the same time, but uh Throughout your life, you will have seen a manifestation of all the gifts of the Spirit manifested through your life regularly, and the Lord said you will have walked in every ministry gift—apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher. That's what the Lord told me. Now you know what—that's when you're when you're a, when uh, when you're a fifty-foot. Wow, well, am I now? 54? When you're 54 years old and you tell people that, people like, Amen, Pastor, praise me, Amen, Amen. But you know, when you say that and you're 16 years old, you know what people think? People think that you're too big for your britches. People think that you're thinking highly of yourself, more high. And here's the thing: when God, uh, how many of you know that God, He doesn't talk small about us, He talks big about us? So when God goes to talking about you, He's not talking small, He's talking big. And faith, when faith talks, faith doesn't talk small, faith talks big. And so when we're, when we're declaring and confessing and saying what God says, when we get illumination about our lives, concerning our lives about what God says about us, then you know what? We're going to have to probably say things that are on a on a on a higher level than mo- most of the people around us. Especially, now, I'm going to tell you this. Especially around people that aren't. No, be quiet. Um, especially around people that are not born again. You know when we and some of us have that happen when we go to the doctor and the doctor says, "Well, you know, I I see a mass." Uh, you know, we we saw mass in in your uh, in your uh, ex- in your exam, and you're like, "Well, glory to God! Uh, I thank God that I'm healed by the stripes of Jesus." You know, doctors they went to school for umpteen years. They went and they did their residencies and all of that, and they went through training, and they you know they have all this knowledge and all this understanding, and they save people's lives on a regular basis. So when you some yahoo who don't know come here from Sikkim about uh, medicine and about the medicine when you go to talking faith, you know, when I, every, every time I went to churches and I talked about COVID and the way that I talked about COVID, there were always medical people. uh, It never failed. There were always some sort of medical personnel or people that worked in the medical field that were there listening to me talk. Do you know the people that got the most offended were people in the medical field? Do you know why? Because they thought, who are you to tell us about COVID? Who are you to tell? I mean we were we are we're medical people. We know what we're talking. See, they don't, those folks, they don't understand. They don't understand faith. And here's the thing. I wasn't talking arrogance. I wasn't thinking of myself more highly than I ought to. I was aligning myself with the word of God. I was aligning myself with the Amen. Amen. I mean, Peter must have thought the same thing when Jesus jumped in his boat, said, shove away from the shore a little bit, and then preached for a while and said, launch your boat into the deep for a catch. Peter, the fisherman, looks at Jesus, the carpenter. Peter, the professional fisherman, the one who makes a living fishing, the the one who has built a company, a corporation, a large corporate. In fact, Peter's business was so successful. Now, I know you say, what, 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 what scripture is that in the Bible? Well, when you read the Bible, you find out Peter's, Peter's business was so successful that when Jesus called him to travel with him, Peter left his business in the hands of his employees, traveled with Jesus, and then four years later, when he thought Jesus wasn't coming back and going to be resurrected from the dead, that they weren't going to do no ministry, when Peter, when Jesus shows up, doesn't show up right away, Peter goes back to his business. Are y'all hearing this? Oh, yeah. So, Peter, a businessman, owns a fishing company. Jesus gets in his boat. He's a carpenter by trade. And he tells Peter, who fished all night long and didn't catch a thing, to launch out into the deep for a catch. You know what? That's that's like me me calling up Michael and saying, Hey, man, here's, here's here's how you need to do this roof. Or me going to Eric and saying, "Hey, you know, um, here's how you sell this. The way you sell this is that you know what? I'm, these people, and and here, this is, this is, and this is the, this is a uh, a problem in. This is a, this is a problem for the whole body. Is that when the, when the spirit begins to illuminate, we have got to make sure that we understand who we are." That we're not thinking of ourselves as more highly than what we ought to. You know what? Because when you're full of yourself and Jesus comes along and tries to tell you how to do your... Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. (laughs) Praise the name of Jesus. Listen, lift up your hands and say, thank you, Lord. Lord. (laughs) Now see, can some of you relate to Peter right now? Can some of you relate to a, amen. But see, we, we do, if you want to know how you can identify now, you got you to you get out of that, that river of denial. Because some of you going to say this, and you're going to be like, that's not why I do that. That's not why I do that. Anyway, I'm not that, that, pastor, I'm not that, really, I'm not that, I'm really open. It was just, you know, that one time that you told us that we ought to do this, like, you know, I know you, I know, I know the Lord told you to pray, but I didn't really hear him tell me to pray. Because I got things, you know, I got to work when it's cool outside because, you know, in the middle of the day, it gets warm and then I, I can't do nothing. And so I've got I've to really make sure that I take the time. Well, praise Jesus. Well, I, I don't need to learn how to pray. I'm just going to let you marinate a little bit. You know, what, what, what about, I mean, did, did some, some of us, we don't even inquire of the Lord. What, what if he's trying to get you to launch out into the deep for a catch? What if he is about to open up a major door? What if, what, if, what if the million flow was right behind the end of this week? What if the billion flow would have been determined in the place? Come on now. Oh no, we know how to do it, Jesus. We know what we're doing. We got it all under control. See, the, the ministry of the Spirit, the Holy Ghost, he's not relying, he's not relying on you uh, to make you successful. In, 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 uh, 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 he's not relying on your talent, he's not relying on your abilities. All he relies on is your obedience your obedience amen thank god thank god peter even though he did it half-heartedly thank god peter did something because when jesus told him to launch out into the deep he uh, he did pop off at jesus and say well lord we did toil all night long and we didn't catch anything nevertheless nevertheless at thy word we will let down a net. Imagine if he'd have let down three nets. Imagine if he'd have let down all of them. Woo hoo! Glory, glory! <laughs> See, some of you don't even think some of you don't think some of you aren't even exercising your faith to believe that God may have you uh, one day away from the million. Do you know in one day God can take you from from thousands to millions in one day? If he cursed a fig tree and in a 24-hour period of time it went from being alive to being withered away and dead, then God can change anything in a 24-hour period of time. You might be in debt. You might be in distress. You might be discontent today. But in one day, but in a similar, but in a similar fashion, in one day you can become shipwrecked because you're not looking to do God's perfect will in your life. Now listen, I'm not the only reason I'm using prayer uh, this week as an example is because I knew it would hit home with you. I'm not I'm not trying to I'm listen all I'm all I'm saying to you is that many of us we we, we live our lives so haphazardly and without any regard as to what God's perfect will is for our life that we don't even consider that around the next corner could be the uh, fulfillment of the prophetic word that God gave us in the beginning of our life that at any moment now God could fulfill every dream and every vision that he gave us because we, we, because we are uh, hungry and thirsty, because we're willing and because we're obedient, because we, we desire to do his perfect will. You know, uh, one of the things that Annie and I have a conversation about regular is about her calling. And about what God has called her to do. And Annie, some days she's more persuaded of that calling than others. Some days she really senses the touch of God upon her. And she really senses that the Lord is doing, uh, going to do something with her. That all goes away the minute I say, I think I'm going to have you preach next week. <laughs> then all of a sudden, the natural man, the flesh, the carnal man rises up. You know what she says? I can't. And you know what? She's got a good reason. She's got a good reason why she can't. Because sometimes she works between 60 and 80 hours a week. Because she's, put, she's, she's, got a, she's got a full-time job, and then I'm trying to get her to do a part-time job at Winter's Church. Now, your pastor isn't somebody that goes around saying I can't. I pastor this church full time. I evangelize full-time. I'm a pilot. I try to be a mechanic. Uh we started that business. Now I know, I know y'all y'all here. He, goes again. he does everything. Good for you, brother. Amen. <laughs> I could feel Annie's eyes rolling as I started that. As I started, just Amen. <laughs> your your eyes are in the foyer. <laughs> you know we can we can either make excuses. Or we can make a way for God to do what He always wanted to do in our life. You know what? We gotta quit saying we can't. We gotta quit saying it's impossible. We gotta quit saying you, we've gotta quit saying all the things that the devil wants us to say, all the things that our flesh wants us to say. We've got to believe God. Amen. Okay. So you're not supposed to think of yourself higher than what you ought to. But you're also not to think of yourself lower than you ought to. You've got to find out what it is that God is saying about you and then tuck in, hang out there. Amen. When he said something big, and most of us, that's what he does. He says something really huge. Now, some of you say this, you say, well, Pastor, I feel like I heard something. I feel like I heard the Lord tell me something, but you know, how do I know whether it's God? Well, when, when God tells you, when, first of all, when God tells you personally uh, in your spirit, uh, God tells you. Secondly, every prophet from here to ten buck two, when they look at you, is going to say the same thing God told you. Come on now. Prophets, pastors, teachers, evangelists, Christians. When I, got, when I got born again, and the Lord said uh, through that vision, what he had called me to do, from that moment, I went to a tent meeting. A guy didn't know me, called me out, laid his hands on me, said the same thing that I had been hearing the Lord say. In fact, he even told me, he says, you've been dreaming dreams and seeing visions, and what God told you in those dreams and in those visions is true. I've called you to be an evangelist. Laid his hands on me. That same man, you know, I'm telling you the testimony of this fella that he said, if it wasn't for me, this ministry would be, you know what we were in, we, we went to that same meeting that God called me to, to be in event that Lord confirmed through that man. We went to the same meeting. I sat on, I sat on this side of the tent. This individual sat clear on the other side of the tent with his family. This preacher didn't even know we knew one another. And in the middle of his message, he took, that preacher took his hanky. He opened it up and with all of his might, he worked to rip that hanky in half. When he ripped that hanky in half, he came to me and he gave me half of that hanky. And I was like, Well, praise the Lord. Glory
2: to God. Woo. You know, I
0: was, I, was, I was making a pull. He walked to the other side of the tent and he gave the other half of that hanky to that individual that I'm telling you about. He went back to the platform and he said this. He said, Some of you wonder why I just did that. He said, I don't know if you fellas know one another. He said, if you don't know one another, you need to get to know one another. You need to become acquainted with one another. Because the Lord just spoke to me and said that in the last days, it's his desire to use the both of you uh, in revival together. Go ahead, man. That's right. God's called y'all to work together. Oh, yeah. Now, when you're full of yourself, <laughs> now, here's the thing. Some people say that. Well, you know, that's the pot calling the kettle black, isn't it? I mean, here you are talking like you're all that in a bag of chips. No, I'm I'm not. I'm not saying I'm all that. But I'm just I'm declaring this from the from the beginning of my walk with God. I've been saying the same thing. Oh yeah, that's fine. I'm saying this stuff, and people are like, "You're gonna burn out. You're gonna burn out." You can't do everything. <laughs> Your people used to tell me that regular. I had a guy take me out to lunch after church one day. I thought he was taking me out to a restaurant. Ended up, is a Mexican, so and he's a Mexican guy. He ended up taking me to the park with a loaf of bread and a package of bologna oh and a bottle of mustard. I was like, dang, and, and, and Kool-Aid in a little <laughs> And those lemon cookies, they made us eat at Vacation Bible School. But anyway that guy, that guy took me to the park, and he, he said this. I brought you here because I wanted to give you a little uh, counsel. He said, you can't do everything. You can't do everything. You know what? I, I didn't think I could do everything, but I did know this. I knew I could do what God told me to do. Okay. And you know what he called me to do? Preach the gospel, heal the sick, cast out devils, raise the dead, spread the fire of revival. Eventually, he said uh, that I'd be a prophet. Eventually, after that, he said I'd be an apostle. Uh, Oh, um, during, wait a minute, uh, during the time I was an evangelist, and then we went on staff at that church, someone came up to me and said, you're about to enter into a teaching ministry. On Wednesday nights, I listen, I hated teaching. I never wanted to teach. But on Wednesday night, the pastor said, I want you to do a series, Zig. I said, what do you want me to do the series on? I want you to do it on ministry gifts. I want you to teach on the subject of ministry gifts. I said, I, I, I don't know that I can uh, expound on the subject of ministry gifts. He said, well, he said, you better figure it out. He said, because you got next Wednesday. Oh, yeah. I said, all right. And pastor Bill Coleman, that next Wednesday, I prepared an outline and... Um, I prepared uh, uh, some teaching on ministry gifts, and for the next ten or twelve weeks, I taught. I taught like I'd never taught. Listen, I was teaching. I was teaching, and people were amazed. they were like, "My God, I didn't know you knew all that." I was like, "I didn't either. <laughs> I didn't either." But that was the fulfillment of the of the prophecy. I started as an evangelist. I ended up being a youth pastor. Uh, got under the anointing to teach while I was there, uh, by the word of the Lord. A man had told me, God's going to open up the door. You're going to teach. You're going to be a teacher. And I began to teach the word of God. Then after that, he said, uh, you're a prophet. Amen. I was like, well, I don't like that, but oh well. You know, uh, I didn't say it much, uh, but other people did. Everyone, everyone began to confirm it. So first God will tell you. Say this with me. Say, first God will tell me. First God will tell me. So the first thing is that when the Holy Spirit brings lumen, he'll go to telling you Oh yeah. How many of you think how many of you, how many of you if you had been in a tent meeting with me when I was a teenager and someone ripped something in half and gave half to you and half to me? How many of you and we and we ended, and we were and we were good friends and the preacher didn't know it. And then he follows it up by saying what he said, how many of you would want to probably listen to that? Oh yeah. I wanted to listen to it. I heard it. That's right. <laughs> First, he'll tell you, but then it'll be confirmed. Oh, okay. yeah. Right. Not just by people that, not by well-meaning people that know you, not by your mama that told you you could sing and you can't carry a tune in a bucket. Not by your mama that said you was pretty and had to tie a pork chop around your neck to get the dog to play with you. <laughs> I'm, ta- I'm talking about I'm talking about people you don't know. I'm talking about strangers. I'm talking about your I'm talking about you're in the line at uh, Aldi or at. Uh, uh, target or at Walmart, and someone says, listen, I don't know you, but I just sense in my spirit, God says that, you, that he says this about you, and it's what God told you, and it's what you've been declaring, and it's what you've been saying. Now see, if, if that's not happening, Go ahead now. So, some of you, you feel like God spoke to you one time about something, and then you jump in with both feet. Then, we, then you wonder, why are you in trouble? You, you want me to tell you what happens when we, when we get over there in the permissive will of God? What happens is, God doesn't do this to us. What we do is we end up getting out away from the boundaries of His grace in our lives. When you, when you go, if God hadn't called you to be a prophet, I'm going to tell you something. If you go around saying you're a prophet and God hadn't called you to be a prophet, do you know that the, you know, the, whole, the whole realm of the spirit hears you say that? Boy, it's not just you and the people around. You might be trying to impress people, telling them you're a prophet, but it's not just those people and those that are within earshot that hear you. The devil hears you. And do you know devil? The devil has demons that are assigned to attack those ministry gifts. And if you don't have the grace, if God hadn't given you an anointing in that area, the devil's going to scramble your brains. He's going to whoop you in a New York second. You know why? Because you're trespassing in an area that you don't belong. Because you've gotten over there doing something that you have no business doing. Are y'all hearing me? You know what Brother Hagin used to say? He said, there are people, there are people that die early. Right. He said one time the Lord spoke to him about an evangelist here in Oklahoma. Uh, I believe he was talking about Jack Coe. He said the Lord told him to go tell Jack Coe that he needed to lose weight, that he needed to be careful because he was, uh, he was, uh, uh, he was allowing food to have a place in his life that, uh, that uh, it shouldn't. And that he needed to be careful uh, how he dealt with the offering and how he dealt with money. The Lord told him that he would die an early death if he didn't straighten it out. You know, the the consequences for disobedience are greater uh, for those that have known a greater measure of God's goodness than those who are oblivious to to, uh, God's goodness. When you have really gotten in and stepped in and, and seen the Lord and, and uh, seen Him move and, and uh, tasted of the gift of God and walked after the Spirit and seen the uh, gifts of the Spirit manifested and working your life, and then you, then, and then you go and you... Uh, and you step out of God's perfect will, and you uh, choose his permissive will instead, the longer you stay over in the permissive will of God, the more you open up the door for the enemy to come in and scramble your brains and mess with you. So Jack Coe, he was over there, and he saw a great measure of the gift of God manifested through his life and through his ministry. I mean, Jack Coe's the dude's pulling cancer off people's faces. Jack Coe had a powerful healing ministry. You know what would happen? The anointing would come, and he'd start taking up an offering. He'd start taking pledges. He'd start handing out envelopes. If you, if you see Jack Coe on, on recordings, of course, nowadays, there's so many people that are uh, that are larger in in stature because of, you know, too many Twinkies, but... Uh, back back in the day, you know, that wasn't as common as what it is today. And Jack Coe was a large man for the time that he was living in, a very large man. And uh, so Brother Hagin went and told him. I think it was within a year or two, Jack Coe died. He died when he was 30 years old. Brother Hagin said he died because he wouldn't get in the will of... Get, he, are y'all hearing this today? I've I have seen people... Become, I have seen people become physically sick in their bodies because just because they refused to do the perfect will of God in their life, because they were satisfied with doing things their way instead of God's way. When I, when I talk to people that are chronically sick, that, are, that have chronic sickness, when I talk to people, the, the, thing I, the thing I encourage them and I counsel them to do is to begin to look into their heart to determine whether they're being obedient to the Lord or not, whether they're doing what God told them to do or if they're doing what they thought that they ought to do or wanted to do or desired to do. And I'm not talking, I'm not talking about just in the big things. I'm talking about are you... Are you, are you praying the way he told you to pray? Are you, when, when he created an opportunity, I mean, when you said, Lord, I'd just love to spend time with you, if I had an opportunity, I would do it. Then he creates an opportunity and you don't take the opportunity. Boy, I'd love to go to, I would love to go and minister in Africa. And then the opportunity comes and you're like, not this year. See, if we didn't, you know, do you know what some of you would be saying if we didn't go to the hospital every other week? Man, I would love to minister healing to the sick. I would just love an opportunity. You know why we don't hear people say that at our church? Because you have an opportunity. You're not dumb enough to say it. But if we didn't have that, we'd have a church full of people that said, God's gonna use us to heal the sick. Glory to God. You don't say, listen, you don't say that at this church. You know why? Because Rhonda, Carolyn, Cherie will be on you like ugly on an ape. Oh, the Lord's gonna use you to heal the sick. Friday! Friday! <laughs> 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 Look, <laughs> Ayla and Tyler, hear you say that? They're they, they looking up your information on CCB. You get a notification. You got mail. <laughs> you got mail. <laughs> Is this helping anybody here today? Oh, yeah. Glory to God. Is this helping you, baby? Yeah, praise the Lord. <laughs> You're gorgeous, Mama. So let me, let me finish with my story here. So, <laughs> so this fellow said, I feel like I've 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 missed my I've missed my I feel like I've ruined my destiny. You know what? You've got to do whatever it takes. Go ahead. And and some some of you have. You know, you can't let pride, you can't say, well, you know what, I'm just that kind of person. You better change. Oh, yeah. You better change or die. Change or die. Change or, because there, there's many people. There are many people in this house that we've experienced God on a higher level. That we've seen the purpose of God in a greater depth. That we've heard the word of God preached. And, illum- and, we've, and we've had the Holy Spirit illuminate that word to us. Glory. I know I'm 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 not talking about things that make people shout. These are the the things that make people go like Arsenio used to say, hmm. Right? Isn't that what he said? These are the things that make you go, hmm. Hmm. Amen. Oh yeah. So examine, examine. Examine yourself. Did the Lord, did the Lord check your heart? Did he check your spirit? Did he tell you, hey, look, hey, hey. Don't get distracted. So, so this, this, this brother, I looked at him because I felt bad for him. You know, you feel bad when people say that. And, and because we're people, you know what? We don't want people. I looked at him. I said, well, you know what? Your destiny isn't really tied up in people. And in my mind, I was saying, unless the Lord told you to hang out with them people. Go ahead now. But I didn't say that part because, I mean, here he is crying and blubbering in my car. Brand new car, I didn't want him to mess up the interior. But it, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, just, I'm just playing. <laughs> but I looked at him, I said, listen, just because you got off course, I said, doesn't mean that God's done with you. I said, God has a plan. I said, now, listen, you can't come back with me. That's 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 over. That ship has sailed. There's no way you can come back to that. I said, but you can go to God and find out how to get back on course, how to get over there and 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 get it straight. And you know, of course, he was appreciative, and I, uh, you know, I, I love him, and I love him still today. But I but I've 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 seen the Lord give him an opportunity to reconnect. And to do what it is that God told him a long time ago to do. And this individual has battled cancer. They have battled arthritis. They have battled their body breaking down on them. They have battled physically for years. They have battled in their physical body. I believe that what is going on with this individual is they still haven't got it straight. Go ahead, man. Just be who God told you to be. Oh, There's some people they're determined to be pastors when God called them to be associates.
1: That's right. Yes.
0: Just be an associate. Oh dear. yeah. my anointing is bigger than that. Every anointing is bigger than what the. But you know what? We're not. We're not. Who? We're not the ones who determine. The, the destiny. We you don't determine your destiny. You discover your destiny. And once you discover your destiny, it's your responsibility to get on the, on the boulevard to arriving at that place. Do you know it's better if you show up by yourself than not to show up at all?
2: Boy, oh,
1: that's right.
0: I'm going to tell you a book you don't want to read. I was going to say Diary of a Mad Black Woman. Is that a, is that a movie? <laughs> is it a book and a movie? Is that Medea? Okay, that's the wrong book. Um. <laughs> Diary of Signs, Wonders, and Miracles. Marie Woodworth Eder. You do not want to read that book. Don't do it. I know you're going to get tempted. Some of you like. What's it called again? (laughs) Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't. Well, you know what? Don't do it. Don't do it if you want to keep living the way you're living. You will, tell me I'm, tell me I'm wrong, Ted. Am, you will be challenged to live on a different level the minute you start reading the pages of that book. Oh, yeah. you, know what you, you know what you learn when you read that book? You learn that everything that plugged up religious, spiritually constipated, uh, full of themselves pastors told you to, to, to accumulate wealth and to build their kingdom was wrong. No, it's Diary of a Mad Black Woman, Ted. That's what it is. I told him, I said, Diary Signs, Wonders, and Miracles, Marie Woodworth. That. <laughs> He's just catching up. It's okay, Ted. I love you. At least you get there, right? Amen, brother. I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm with you. Marie Woodworth that her, her children died. you know what she you know what she uh, the, what assumption she made she assumed that they must have been standing in the way between her and what the lord created her for yeah. you know what some of you are like that can't be oh really what i what i just get done telling you i just i just told you that if you choose god's permissive will over god's perfect will then you open up the door uh, to, to cross over the boundaries of God's grace. And when you do that, it opens up the door to the enemy to be able to wreak havoc in your life. Some of us, we care, I care for my kids, but I'm going to tell you right now, I'm not about to care for my kids so much that I get so far out of the plan of God for my life that I leave them susceptible to the attack of the enemy and I end up losing them out of the care that I had for them instead of caring for the Lord and doing what the Lord wanted me to do. Some of us don't realize we're, we're the one, we, we, we're trying to block Satan from getting to our families and we're the ones holding the door open for them. Because we won't, we won't be about the Father's business. Are y'all hearing me today? Boy, listen, I am teaching today. <laughs> we shouldn't have prayed this week so much. Amen. <laughs> oh, glory. I'm, I'm dying my hair pink here in a minute. <laughs> What's left of it? I'd look like an Easter egg. A brown Easter egg with a pink line around it. <laughs> One of them brown eggs like your chicken lays, Ted. <laughs> Turn to someone, tell them, don't be high-minded. See, being high-minded isn't that you go around, you know, uh, uh, sacheting and, uh, you know, uh, doing your little turns. But that, that's not, that's, being high-minded is when you pick your way over his way. So I, conti- I continue, I, and it, here's the thing. When I, I talk to this individual, when I talk to them, you know, who they think, you know who they think is full of themselves? Me. Of course, I'm doing everything that he said. None of it came because I'm intelligent. I say it regular. I confess, this is not my fault. I didn't do this. I'm not smart enough. I didn't get far enough along in um, in uh, academics and in my education to even have the smarts to get there. listen, church, I'm gonna tell you something. I can't even I can't even put together notes for preaching. now i've I've had I've had the heads of fact, the guy that was the bishop over the entire uh, uh, Pentecostal Holiness Church. Is that who's over there in uh, Bethany? Is Pentecostal Holiness? Is that right? Uh. The Pentecost, the Bishop, Frank Tunstall, the Bishop of the Pentecost, one time he came to one of my meetings. This guy is educated. Boy, listen, he's been to school for preaching and ministry, teaches people, teaches people how to do it. He came to one of my meetings and more. First time I ever saw him, came to hear me preach. He sat through that service. He began to shout while, while I was preaching. He began to shout. His wife began to shout. After the service was over with, he said, "My God, I hadn't heard anybody preach like that in a long time. And then he began to tell me what the style of preaching was that I was preaching. There's a name for it. Oh, yeah. There was a name. He told me what style it was. He, he told me where it originated. He told me how, you know, that uh, it's not a style that many people preach with anymore. And he, then, he, then the next question was, where did you get your training? Where did you learn? I said, in the upstairs bedroom of my grandmother's low-income apartment. I said, I have a degree in neology. Oh, yeah. That's right. He goes, he said, uh, no, really. He said, where'd you go to school? I said, brother, I didn't go to school. He said, you listen, he said, that was one of the most well-constructed messages that I've ever heard preached. He said, I'd like to have your notes. I said, I wish I could do that. I don't have notes. I preach without notes. I can't preach with notes. uh, Then his wife walks up and he says, my God, you're not going to believe this. And his wife looks at me and she says, "She said, I she said, I haven't been blessed by someone's preaching as much as I was blessed by your preaching tonight. She said, what an amazing, she said, I love when people preach. And she named the style of preaching. She said, you must be an author. She said, only authors preach the way that you preach tonight. She said, you must be a writer. I said, man, I wrote a book once. I used to carry it around with me. It was on one of them little sheets of uh, hotel paper, you know, a little pad. That was the extent of my book. I, I, I pulled it out. I said, here it is. I wrote it. She's like, no, you're a writer. She's, I said, no, no, ma'am, I'm not a writer. She said, you need to start writing. You need to get a pen and you need to start. Well, you know what? Here's the thing. I, I never, you know, you know, people have told me all kinds of stuff. What? You know, some people, some people pastoring today because everyone keeps calling them pastor. Well, everybody calls me pastor. Let me tell you something. That is not a good reason to preach. That is not a good reason to be a pastor. You know, people would tell me... uh, I'd I'd go to meetings as a teenager, and I'd I'd get up, and I had a band with me. I surrender all, I surrender all, all to thee, my blessed Savior, I surrender all. I'd I'd get done after church. You know, know, the first thing they tell me, you ought to make a record. You know how many records I've made? Zero. You know why? That's not what he told me. Could I do it? Yeah, I could have done it. Could have made 10. There were people that offered to record, uh, to record me and do a record. Not Me not pay a dime. They're going to take care of all the expenses. You know what I said? No. You know why I said no? Because the Lord did tell me to do that. Go ahead. I'm about to throw this microphone. Go ahead. <laughs> Come on, y'all. Do y'all hear what I'm saying? Listen, the the, you know what's happening right now? Illumination. The, The the Holy Spirit is trying to illuminate something to you. Quit making excuses, shut your mind down. Listen to your spirit. The Holy Ghost is trying to get you down the road, and some of you reasoning with him and making excuses in your head why I'm not talking to you. I'm preaching. And it's Wednesday. Amen. Glory. See, if you want the greater, then you have to be, uh, you have to have a greater commitment. You have to be, amen. Michael, Michael, he didn't have success until he committed 100% to what he was doing physically. Every, every time he gets halfway in his commitment physically, guess what? He gained 35 pounds. It's true, isn't it? The minute he lets up up on that commitment, I mean, dude will sit down and eat an entire chocolate cake. Two. I I watched him one time. I watched him cut a piece of cake out and take the piece, put it on a plate, and drag the cake away. (laughs) And in your mind, you're like, he he ain't going to finish that. He ain't going to finish that. 20 minutes later it is gone. Well, all of it but that one little part right here. Oh my god. And Twyla reached reach up and lick that just so she can have a piece. <laughs> anything you're going to be successful at, anything. You, now listen, some of you you've been successful at being mediocre Christians. You've been successful at getting part of the way there. You've been successful at having to move a God every now and then. You've been successful at being anointed every other week. You've been successful at doing what other people have done. But there are very few that have gone and been more than what people expected. Been more than what they expected. Been more than what their family expected. Done more. Are y'all hearing me today? See, that's why he's drawing us. That's why he's drawing us. You got no business being an associate if God called you to be a pastor. You got no business being a pastor if God called you to be an associate. Some people, they're just, they're just good second men. If that's what God called you to be, then be it. And be, and be happy. And be joyful. And be content. Some people have a desire to be big preachers. I've been a big preacher most of my life. I don't need to be any bigger. I don't need to be any bigger. (laughs) There are times I feel like that we'd be more effective at fulfilling the purpose that God called us to if we had more notoriety if we had more exposure if they, and I, listen I believe that there's something to that I believe that God will will bring uh, that about and, and he will and he'll require some things from us in order for that to happen but you know what We're, we we got to follow the Lord Oh yeah. Lot people get mad at me say you should make a boy well, you're letting your voice go to waste I was was preaching for Pentecostal Holiness Church in Bethany years ago. I mean, I was, was, Annie and I I weren't even dating yet. But Ted was traveling with me at the time. That preacher looked at me and he said, he said, you have a beautiful singing voice. He says, you should quit preaching the way that you're preaching. He said, because he said, I used to have a beautiful singing voice until I just preached and preached and preached. He says, now I can barely carry a tune in a bucket. He said, because I ruined my voice preaching. You know what I, You know what I told him? I said, "Why would I preserve a singing voice if God hadn't called me to sing? That's right. Oh, okay. Now I'm not looking to destroy my voice. But why in the world, are you hearing me? Yeah. See, the devil will try to get you off track by, by uh, putting your mind on stuff that seems good. Stuff that seems right. Amen. But see, the ministry of the Spirit is to get you over there where God called you. To get you over there in the flow of the anointing of the spirit. Now, I think this is where most people miss it. I really do. I really believe that most people are missing it today. And again, I don't think, uh, I don't think people are missing it big time or in some great way. And, and honestly, I'll, I'll, be, I'll be honest with you. Some people, they don't know God well enough to get sick if they, if they are in his permissive will. They've always been in his permissive will. They don't know God well enough for, for there to be consequences to them being stupid. They've never reached the place of most people. But that's not people in this church. Go ahead, man. Listen, if you, if you didn't want responsibility, you shouldn't have come here. You should not. See, he's Jehovah Sneaky. He tricked you. Go ahead, man. Go on yeah, he tricked you. Because yeah, <laughs> you know what? If you knew you'd have to carry a greater burden of responsibility just by walking through the doors of this house, You'd have stopped at the other church just here across the street. (laughs) In at eight, out at nine. And that's coffee, cookie, and everything. I mean, you had had a snack. (laughs) You got to listen to them jam on Van Halen. I mean you walked in and it was like jump jump do do go ahead and jump So you got Van Halen and Carrie Job Go ahead man. It's like listening to the Cat Radio station on a Sunday, you know? So uh, got you a cup of joe, a nice cookie Guy came up on the screen, gave you seven steps to a happy week. Amen. Now, praise the Lord. You think I'm talking bad about the church. That's not what I'm doing. It is what it is. They'll tell you. They'll tell you. McDonald's has a culture because that's what they 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 had. They, McDonald's created a clown culture. That's what they want. We created the culture of this church. I'm going to see some of you like, you know, if we would just change this. Well, I got an idea. How about you change? Oh, yeah. To fit the culture that God's called you to. Imagine that. Some of you will change. To go to a fancy steakhouse to fit the culture. Woo hoo! Yeah, yeah, yeah. You change to go to the gym to fit the. You know the only people you see in slacks and tennis shoes are like. 98 years old, you know, well, it's Brandon. Brandon said, I got a 98-year-old spirit, you know, no, it's, it's people that don't care, you know, people, they, they're not trying to, but me, I have to, I have to at least look the part, because I ain't gonna look, like, healthy, <laughs> but I'm, I'm, I'm tricky, I'm tricky, Annie, Annie's personal trainer, one time, he thought he's gonna make me throw up, Went over there on a hot day. I know I'm fat. Listen, I know I'm fat, but I'm gonna tell you something. I have stamina. Boy, you got fat, right? I know. Yes. <laughs> you get on a bike next to me, I'll bury you. Listen, I will bury you. Boy. And I and I and I didn't even rode lately, but I'm telling you right now, I get to feeling it on that bicycle. I don't know what it is. I I love it. But yeah, they they put me on a on a stationary bike and. He's like, are you, re- are you ready for this spin class? I said, yeah, I'm ready. I said, I'm ready to bury all these uh, He's like, well, I'm glad you came. I hope you enjoy it. I said, I'm probably not going to enjoy it. This is, I said, it, we are, we're in a garage. I said, it's hot up in here. Oh, but we're going to put the fans on. I'm like, dude, it is. And then some woman come on the screen. I'm like, oh, here it is. And she's all happy. Come on now. Boy, listen, I was, I was, I was pedaling just to get it over with. I'm like, this lady's driving me crazy. She's way too happy. Way too happy. Uh, she ain't even sweating. How can you ride a bike and not sweat? The end of it is making me sick. But anyway, we rode for 30 minutes. I know that guy thought I'd leave there because Annie told him he hadn't been working out. and he was, I knew I was healthy. Oh, well, i using that term in a way, say I was, I was good at riding that bike. But anyway, make a long story even longer. <laughs> After a half hour, I, what, what I ride that day, 11 miles or something. <laughs> I rode like 11 or 12 miles or 30, whatever it was. All I know is everybody else was like six, eight miles. I'm like, I'm like almost doubled them. Yeah. And then, then dudes looking at me like, well, how do you feel? I said... Man, I'd rather be riding a bicycle outside by the lake in the wind. Gotcha. And I said, that's the best way. I said, but yeah, that's I. Right. He says, so you are you, you know, you feeling kind of tuckered? I was like, no, actually, I'm feeling pretty good. So then he wanted me to go do some other workout. And I was pulling up and doing all these things. And 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 I know he was so, he's like, Yeah, now, Dad, now you're working. Now you're working. I'm like, oh I said, Am I? Am I really? Them personal trainers like to make you throw up. None of them ever made me throw up. But if they ever did, I ain't going to the bathroom to throw up. I'm running out of, I'm running to the bathroom. That's going right at their feet. I'm, I'm, I'm going I'm to lean right, th- right into them. And I like to eat before, I like to eat before I work out. My sister's like, I don't know how you do that. We was running a 5K, the Rosebud Classic. I, I had three cookies. <laughs> She's like, what are you doing? I said, I'm carving up. I'm carving up. <laughs> she said, but that's how you eat every day. I said, I know. I got to carve up every day. <laughs> I beat her that day, too. <laughs> Anyhow. So he, he tells Annie later, he says, so how did he feel? Annie was like, fine. He, was he sore? She's like, no. You could tell he was, it's one of the things that made him go, hmm. Yeah. But anyhow, I turned to someone, tell him, do the perfect will of God. Yeah. Any questions? Any questions? Did this help anybody here today? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I didn't try to make, I didn't try to bring you, you know, I'm, I'm not trying to bring things down. I'm trying to bring you up and uh, uh, it's It's a challenge. Praise the Lord. Lord. I don't always, listen, I'm going to be honest with you. I I don't always do what's right. Y'all know. Y'all know. Y'all aren't stupid. But you know what? I spend a lot of time trying to do the will of God. Oh, yeah. Thank you. In fact, that's all I Most of my time, that's what it's spent doing, figuring it out. Figuring it out. Figuring it out. Yeah. But Pastor, I feel so far away from him. that's when I run harder. Because oh, if, yeah. if you far away. <laughs> Ayla, if you if you took off and you're far away, how am I gonna catch you? I'm gonna have to run. That's right. Not the other direction. Oh yeah. I'm gonna have to run after her. That's right. So that's what we do. We run after God. Yeah. Till we catch him. <laughs> <laughs> I catch God regular. Oh yeah. Well, more like he catches me, but anyhow. Any no questions? Wow, you guys are you guys don't have any questions today. Either that or you're afraid to ask. <laughs> Do not come to me after this service. Or, Pastor, can I ask you something? I just didn't want to say nothing in front of everybody. <laughs> oh, my God. Go ahead, Down. Tell me you can't remember ahead. Someone grab me a, a bottle of water. <laughs> Ted, it? No, no, it I, mean, I need it today. <laughs> no, no, oh, hey, praise the Lord. Yeah. Make me look bad, Ted. <laughs> thank, thank you, sir.
2: Hello, hello. So uh, regarding the Perfect and, and and permissive will of God, uh, the word says that that God knows the end from the beginning. All of our days are already written in His book. Uh, in Psalm one thirty nine, um, uh, we are, as I understand it, we're free moral agents and we have our free will and and we go through our lives making our own decisions. But God knows what we're going to do before we do it. True. And 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 I guess what I'm I'm just having, I'm not so much having a question as, as trying to, to figure out, out. How, how God is, I guess he, it says he's prepared good works for us that, to walk in them and, and, and he, he guides us in that process of navigating our lives and trying to determine his best, you know, the, his best will for us but even when we miss it, he knew we were going to miss it. He knew he knew your friend was going to go off where where he went. He sure did. And uh, In fact, he, and told, so, he told me. That. I guess I guess his his permissive will accounts for all of our uh, screw ups, and and he works all things together for good.
0: I, I in think, the process, I, right? I, I, I don't think that it counts for all of everything we do that seems to us to be messed up. Because sometimes God... Well, for example, you know, the Lord the Lord told me that um, when, when this individual that I was talking about, when they first... They traveled with me early in my ministry, early. Like, they were the first person to ever haul me around. And then I moved away, and, and they, got, they got away from... They wouldn't have, though, if they'd had the opportunity. But... Um, but then they got away from God and everything, and, and then when they came back to the Lord, it was in one of our meetings, and this person said, I feel like I'm supposed to go and move to Oklahoma with you and travel with you. And I didn't want to do it. And the reason why I didn't want to do it is because I, I knew that, um, that this individual, and I, not, not that I, here, here's the thing with me, you know, if I say something like this, I knew this individual wasn't going to be open to my... Um, that opened to my instruction, because I think they had an issue with receiving from me, and um, I didn't. I I didn't think it would work out well. I thought it might be okay for a while, but I thought it would end. I thought it would end bad, and so I said, "Well, you know, uh, let, let me pray about it." And, and, and Annie was there, and, and I talked to Annie, and Annie was like. Pfft heavens, no. (laughs) Well, that wasn't exactly what she said. But anyway, (laughs) she didn't say anything bad. She didn't say nothing bad. She said, but she, Annie said, no, it's a, it's a hard no for me. And, uh, I was like, okay. I said, but, uh, how about you pray about it? (laughs) She's like, has it come to that? I'm like, yes. And so we prayed about it. And, and, uh, while I was praying, the Lord spoke to me and said, I, I spoke to him to go with you. You need to take him. I was like, oh, thank you, Lord. I have a word from God now, and now that I have this word, everything's gonna be all right. The Lord said, No, everything's not gonna be all right. Because after this is all over with, it's gonna get bad. You're gonna, you're gonna go your separate ways. He's not gonna, he's not gonna, he's not gonna do all that I plan for him to do. I was like, well, Lord, if you know it ain't going to work out, why? Well, the Lord said, because I have to give him an opportunity. He said, I give everyone an opportunity. And I was like, yeah, but what about me? He said, well, you said use you. So I'm going to use you. And so sometimes when God uses us, what we think is a hiccup or a mess up was really us allowing God to use us Maybe to help someone else make a right decision or a right choice. But, but anyway, let me, let me say this. God does know the end from the beginning, but because he's a just God. He's a just God. Is that right? right. He's a righteous God. He'll give us opportunity. Now, just because it's already settled and God already knows what's going to happen, uh, but you don't. And so it's important that you walk this out now. Why would the Lord tell Nineveh that they were going to be they were going to perish if he knew they were going to repent? Well, because there were things that were with Jonah, and there were we don't understand everything about how God does things. So it's, it's hard. I know it's hard for us sometimes to wrap our mind around it, and it should be. Because we don't walk by this. We walk by faith in the Son of God. And so. Um, it's funny that I hear Don saying this, if I'd heard that those words come out of somebody else's mouth, I might think that they were trying to avoid any responsibility. But knowing Don, I know that he's really wanting to, and see that to me, that, that puts Don in a safe place, because he's bothering to be bothered by it. Because he actually really does care. Some people, the, the only reason they would say that is just to make like, well, you know, God knows everything and, you know, we're predestined and all those things, which is all right and true and it's all good. But, um, but I know the, the motivation of your heart and, and I thank God for you, Don, because uh, that, th- that question or that statement that you made today, uh, that's import- it's important for you to be going through that process. It's important for you to have the, I have the same kinds of things. I go through the same exercises. Um, those, are, those are things that the Lord will settle with you in your heart. Uh, some things he won't answer good enough, but you'll be satisfied with whatever he says because he's your father. And you'll be like, all right, dad, I got it. I almost said, all right, Papa, but I ain't going to go there. <laughs> anyway, praise the Lord <laughs> uh, Praise God Any other questions? No? All right Listen, uh, I love you, I appreciate you um, These words aren't meant to condemn or to bind up These words are meant to loose, loosen and to free you um, there ought to be joy in your heart today that you have an opportunity to go higher, that it's not over yet. Amen. It's not over yet. And so there's an opportunity. I love the story that Benny Hinn told uh, where he said he was, uh, he was you know, just at home and the Lord spoke to him and said, Benny, when are you going to come back? I love that. I've heard God talk like that to me. And when he does... Those are good things to hear. So um, it, it ought to, it, it ought to uh, give you hope. Praise the Lord. All right, Father, thank you. Lord, if I've said anything that set someone off that triggered them, I, I pray, God, that you'll help them and that you will. Uh, um, Lord, you know what's in my heart. And it's oh, yeah. only my desire to help people your people, like what you told me, to help them to discover their destiny, to help them to get in the flow of revival and, and the move of your spirit. So Lord, I, I, I pray that you'll continue to help me to grow and help your people, all of us. And Lord, we thank you. We thank you for being such an, a good father and an awesome God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen you know it's not god punishing you that that it's not god punishing you that brings about trouble it's getting outside of the boundaries of his grace thinking of yourself more highly or thinking of yourself too low or or it's just you getting out of the out of the boundaries of his grace for your life. So stay within the boundary. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the most high shall abide under the shadow of him. We, we think that that's just hanging out with God. No, that's hanging out with God where he wants you. Oh, yeah. oh, Amen. Amen. I know people that hang out. I was at the cycle shop. Have you shut this off?